Hey, 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 hello guys. Um, just one moment as I have my bite. Sort of. Midday. I'm gonna play one more person. How's everybody doing today? I'm gonna wait a couple minutes. Man, it's not really even. I wonder if it's a jewelry. Hey guys, solving technical difficulties here. Hey guys, hi. Is my like not allowing everybody to join? That's weird. I know. I'm like, what is happening? Oh, yeah, I just requested to join. Okay, I think that's back. Okay. Yep. Awesome. So we are all here. How's everybody doing? You guys ready to get started? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, uh, not too bad. Okay. Without further ado, we'll get started. Um, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is our um, part of our politics policy and the impact on our lives series. Um, this originally was going to be a virtual event, but we actually decided to turn it into an IG Live um, and to talk about specifically state politics and a little bit about local politics as an overview, just in um, preparation for the election, general election on November 8th, 2022, um, just to get people a little acclimated with what's happening the importance of why we need to go out um, on a, these midterms um, and particularly focus on the legislative body. So without further ado, we'll get started. Um, so we're going to focus on CT, state politics, the Connecticut state politics, the legislative body, which for Connecticut, that means the General Assembly. Um, in Connecticut, the CT General Assembly has the power to decide um, consider matters brought forth by the governor or introduced by its members to create legislation that becomes law. Um, the legislature also has also approves a state budget, initiates tax tax legislation, and articles of impeachment. So that's a little bit about what like, what the general assembly has the power to do. Um, the general assembly is made up of the House of Representatives, so the CT House of Representatives, which has 151 members, and then the state Senate, so the Senate, which is 36 members, um, and they enact, again they enact laws dealing with the collection of, uh, and allotment of funds public welfare, the environment, education, public works, um, civil and criminal law, and other matters. So why does this matter? Like, why are we talking about this right now? So the Connecticut General Assembly is composed, again, of two chambers, the House of Representatives and the Senate. Uh, there's 151 members. 97 of those members currently are Democrats. 54 uh, of those members are Republicans. A simple majority would be 50, uh, 50 plus 1. 
50% plus one should be 76 members um, of the House, and then a supermajority vote um, would be 100 members, which is um, two-thirds plus one, or two-thirds um, of the House. And then the CT Senate, it has, again, 36 members, 23 of those members are Democrats, um, 13 are Republicans, um, and again, the majority of 19, and then a supermajority of 24. And then, so term limits. So what are the term limits in the state? Um, state politics in Connecticut, so the state House of Representatives, they serve two-year term limits, and same for the state Senate. They also serve two-year term limits, so um, that's just important. So every two years, they're up for re-election, which means that we need to be re-engaged about do you think we did, they did a good job? Are we going to re-elect them again? Um, who's running? Things like that. So with that, um, before we move on, into like referendums and stuff. I just I just want to get Zach, Cassie, your perspectives on like the election, like why you feel like it's important, um, your awareness of the election up until this point, and like the importance you think for the people to get out there and vote and just try to be aware of what's on the ballot as much as possible, even though it can be difficult. Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, it hasn't been something that's like forefront of my mind i do know it's really important with everything that you know has gone on in the last couple years um and with a lot of seats up for election it is very important i feel like um being in boston since i've lived here for a while it's like been harder to keep track of like what's going on in connecticut i think all of my ads that i get fed online are mostly for like you know boston um in the local area around here so it, it is a bit harder for me to keep track of like uh, Connecticut state stuff um, but I know for the most part it is pretty democratic as far as I know with a couple exceptions um, as we found out or at least the ones that are up for election are widely Democrats right I, I think um, wait, sorry say that again the last part I think the, the majority of the seats that are up for election um, on the state level in Connecticut are like democratic seats yeah, yeah, I think that's valid. With the um, exception of like one or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's definitely a valid um actually I think they're all technically up for re election, but yeah. disproportionately that would mean that um the Democrats have more seats up because they have more seats that they hold. Right. Uh -huh. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. Oh, I... oh go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's important to vote mainly because, and I'm, I've been kind of, you know, seeing what like the community in Windsor has been doing in Connecticut. Um, I think it's really important because a lot of it has to do with taxation. So there's like local taxation that goes on and then statewide. So if you're like, oh my gosh, like, why do we have like, it's like, for taxes or whether it's for property and housing whether it's for school and education like these are the people who like we vote for to represent our best interests so by not voting it's basically saying like whoever wins that's fine like hopefully they'll have your best interest but if like you really care about like education public infrastructure like if there's a pothole in the road like that comes from our tax money the taxes that we pay so like that's why i think it's important to vote because there's all these different elements that go into it 
and people don't realize it's like the things that impact us on a day-to-day basis to like make sure that you know you have access to um, different things like public libraries public education um, a lot of um, different elements just to name a few definitely um you guys both made really great points and we're going to get into this really quickly soon uh but just going off of that with some of the research i did here and like some of my experience being like an intern in the state legislature something like you realize a lot like at the state and then even more so at the local level like their role more so than not is like uh implementation right like yes they have the ability to create laws particularly like at the state level more so than the local level but like they implement a lot of things like what Cassie was saying like how that money is going to be used where it's going to be used um the amount of money that's going to be allocated for that or they're like different regions all that's kind of worked out at the state local level so it's like important to um like you said just be aware of kind of like what's happening and also to like that's what it's kind of easy to uh not be aware of, like, what's on the ballot and let you even, like, in the process of trying to research is, like, kind of difficult, um, especially seeing, like, most people, like, work. Like, it's just not something that you typically are going to take time out of your day to do. Um, and seeing that, like, it's something that we should, we all need to be aware about, you think that it would just make it a little bit easier. But, um, like, it's not an easy thing to, like, necessarily get involved, but it's something, like, as a part of our civic duty or part of our, like, we need to try to take it, make the best effort as we can to kind of like um, get aware, but also just want to validate it. It's not necessarily like the a simple, easy task either. Um, yeah, so going in off of that, we're going to talk about the referendums really quickly. So, what's up on referendum for this general election? So, the first statewide, Connecticut statewide referendum is shall the Constitution of the state be amended to permit the General Assembly to provide early voting. So early voting, essentially, um, is when you're able to go into your polling place early to vote. So, like, they have this in, like, Georgia, um, what you see happening now, where they're able to go in, like, a couple weeks in advance and, like, fill out the ballot and vote instead of just having this one day that we're allowed to go in unless you vote absentee. Um, So the purpose that's stated um, via... The Connecticut General Assembly is currently the Connecticut Constitution does not permit in-person early voting. Um, if this amendment is approved, it will allow the General Assembly to pass legislation establishing in-person voting before the day of an election. Additionally, additionally approval of the amendment will eliminate the constitutional requirement that certain copies of election results uh, would eliminate constitutional requirement that certain requirement that these co- oh, wait, that copies of election results when sent to the um, Secretary of State be under seal. It would not change the statutory requirement that these copies be set under seal. Okay. So essentially that's just saying that it enables us with the ability to yeah. vote at our polling place early in person um, rather than other ways. I mean, it seems like uh, just kind of like a no-brainer yes in my head, right? As long as the resources are there for it. Mm-hmm. I don't really see why adding an extra day to vote would be a bad thing. Um, if anything, it would seem like if if we could somehow make it like a week. I don't know. If, it's, if, it's, if there are resources available, I think have extending the time where you're able to actually go in in person and, and vote would just be the most beneficial thing because I know that it's one, it's one day out of the year that you have 
you know, as long as you're not doing mail-in, which once again can be confusing for certain people as easy as they make it try to be like, as easy as they try to make it seem like voting through the mail can be confusing for some people. Um, so voting in person, you know, after work or whatever is the easiest thing. But if you're not free that day or you forget and it's like you only have this one day, this one opportunity to do it. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to get the day off from work, but I don't know if that's the case for everybody. Um, it's not, right? Uh-uh. Yeah. So it's it's just it's one of those things where you, in a country that claims to be a democracy and the biggest democracy in the world, et cetera, et cetera, you would think that voting on everything that you can would be like of the utmost importance, right? Um, and our voting percentages historically have not shown that, right? It's honestly embarrassing and very disappointing um, because there are so many other countries, right, that like that should that, that are doing it better than us and we should, are claiming like, you know, that we should be the, you know, the shining example of democracy. And also just for Americans to like not vote, you know, is kind of a spit in the face a little bit to like everyone um across the world who doesn't have that luxury you know it's one of those things where it's like you it, it should just be so much more of like a civic pride thing um and i understand why people you know especially at the federal level um have become like you know disengaged with the process because it all seems terrible and all the options always seem terrible especially at the federal level because they all seem just evil rich elitist whatever but just me Essentially, what I'm trying to say is yes, they should have more ways to vote, more time to vote. Um, you know, if there was a way to do it online that would be trustworthy, I don't know if we would trust that, no matter how secure it would claim to be. Um, because as we know, um, like people are claiming that the election has been stolen, right, for the past like two years. Right? Um, I don't think that online voting would fix that. I think people would always claim that there would be fraudulent elections. And I think, you know, this is this is a very long answer. I'm sorry for going on this with rant right now, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think our, our trust in government right now is strong enough to allow for some of those nice things like an online voting or whatever. If we can extend the amount of time people get to vote in person. Um, yeah, two day, two days is better than one day. A week would be better. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I, when you're talking, Zach, I was thinking too about like electronic. It would be nice if you know we could do like an electronic vote, but like to ensure you know that like the data is protected and that like people won't steal it because people don't realize like how easy it is to manipulate and steal data because we live in a in an information of lots of like uh, data and, and like identification and stuff so it's really easy to be able to access it so that's why part of me is like oh it would be nice but like how do we keep it secure and would the government be able to provide like top people to protect that data or how protected is that data even within the government themselves right as we saw yeah. in the last election so that's what i think about like electronics i kind of like feel like it's a mixed bag it's like if we had 
a neutral source or like someone who is able to like help protect it that would be great but like to what extent do you get something like mr robot i don't know if you've seen that show but like it yeah, is I, well yeah no, that that's obviously the fear and i just think that the trust in our current elections as they are is already like in question i don't think it should be i obviously believe that the elections you know at the federal level weren't stolen etc cetera, etc cetera, but like in-person voting is for the best and but by, by making it in-person voting and having it usually be one day only and for like if you're trying to get the people who aren't voting to vote you need to make it as accessible as possible if you give everyone the day off if you say this day is about voting go vote um yeah i don't know there are, there are other ways to like encourage voting that would probably be way more unpopular but probably better off you could say like i don't know like incentives for voting stuff like that that aren't just you know whatever monetary incentives even who knows Mm -hmm. Um, percentage of your tax rate or something like you know be like you get a little like why have there are ways there are creative ways to go about this problem but that's not what's on the ballot (laughs) i think we're true as usual we were going for the uh utopia idea where it's like no right now on the referendum it's just should we add an extra day or not so yes i would say, I would say yes mm-hmm. oh i agree i think like it like having the day off would be the best the only thing is it's like i wish that we would have like like lesser margins of error to say like so like if we did make it a week long like you, you might like get people who would count it weird or something that's the only reason i think of that from like a data perspective but like having a day off like a paid day off that would be good incentive and then education like you're saying zach but like making it not like uh because there's so much disinformation where people are fed information that's not really like, accurate so like edu- like people either finding the educated and educate themselves or having people be mindful of what they consume um on media so like maybe like a mindful consumer or being like very aware of what's like a good source a bad source etc because we teach our students that but then like we the people out in the public don't really follow that and people are like oh my gosh but i saw this thing on my yahoo mail thing and i'm like you can't trust every single source you see so like to zach's point like how do we educate people when you need to be like an informed consumer it's like it's like if you're eating junk food and you know it it's like this is junk food and yeah maybe that's all you get access to that's fine but like after a while it's like what are you going to do to change it or like what who could you reach out to for help or support you know so it's kind of like i feel like it's like we're stuck between a rock and a hard place Absolutely. You guys make really good points, but I think something I think about when you say that, like, um, about, like, accessibility of information, uh, just generally, like, figure out, like, what was on the referendum, particularly for, like, particular towns and stuff. I knew it was hard for me. So, like, going back to, like, what you are saying, Cassie, about, like, having social needs and being able to look that stuff up and being able to access it relatively easily, you know what I mean, is important. Like, not everybody's, like, good at searching things or, like, knows how to, like, search things correctly or find, like, credible resources in, like, a efficient way. And that could be, like, a deterrent to, like, figuring out different things because, like, people have other things going on in life. So, like, you know, this may not end up being, like, the top priority, even though it should be, like, very important because it affects all of our lives, like, in a very direct way. 
uh, definitely valid. Also, it doesn't say in the um, referendum if, um, like, how long they deem, like, the early voting period to be yet. Um, I think they probably did decide that, like, upon, like, writing the legislation. But I know, like, in Georgia, stuff, they had, like, they started early voting, like, a couple, like, a week ago or two weeks ago. So, like, up until the election. So it could just be, like, a day. It could be a week. It could be, like, a couple weeks. I guess it all kind of depends on, like, um, how they end up legislating it. But I think, like you guys said, in general, like, it, the more accessibility, the better. And, like, I think kind of getting to what you guys are both saying, like, this should be a stepping stone to making it even more accessible in the future, right? Like, we'll start here, but, like, we should try to figure out another ways and more ways that we can make it even more accessible so that more and more people can vote, but that's the whole, like, premise of, like, the democracy. Um, and then getting into other, like, so I'm going to focus specifically on East Hartford for these next two, because these are the ones I'm most familiar with. Um, but there's town Pacific referendum. So, like, I'm to stop here and say, I think it's, like, important for you guys just to, like, research your Pacific town and see what's just, like, Google, you know, general election, election November 8th, CT, and then your town, and, like, look up, like, a, the ballot and see, like, if you have a referendum other than just the statewide referendum. Um, and kind of see what it is, because you go there the day of, I know I've been a victim of this in the past, like, you go there the day of, and you don't realize it's, like, referendums for your town, and, like, you have no idea what, like, this, this stuff means. You're like, what is this gibberish, like, on the page, talking about, like, these millions of dollars being allowed to what, and you just kind of have to figure it out quick and on the fly, and, like, that is not helpful for you, and also, like, I think it's something to be said about making sure, like, that stuff is well, again, like, accessible and advertised pre-elections that you know going in, but also, like, we know it's not, so, like, try to try to make, take those initiatives the best we can. Um, but I say I like to say um, there was three referendums specific to East Hartford that were up for, um, that are on the East Hartford ballot this year. Um, one is, shall the proposed amendments to the East Hartford town charter that were recommended by Charter Revision Commission be approved by the town council? And if that's all you had when you were voting, I feel like, do you guys understand what I mean? I'm going to start there because I'm going to read it again. Shall the proposed amendments to the East Hartford Town Charter that were recommended by the Charter Revision Commission and approved by the Town Council be approved? Like, do you understand what you're, like, saying yes or no to with just that? Not off question? that, right? I mean, that's – I would hope that on the ballot or the referendum selection, they would go – more in depth to explain like what it was because essentially saying do you remember this thing that they recommended at one point do you agree with the yes or no so like i personally do not so i would have no idea um, and, i hope that's not how they're wording it is that exactly how they're wording it wow Kathy, what do you think before i i yeah i've experienced that too where like you just go and vote and i'm like wow it's like on the budget but like you know they they list like the number yes no do you approve of like the percentage and this and that and it's like if you don't follow local politics or inform yourself before going to vote it's just like you're just kind of guessing so that's where that's a part of like the informed consumer part because it's like they don't review it it's just kind of like if you were to go to a meeting like at the formal meeting like i'm a part of the commission um the windsor commission and like we we review our minutes and stuff but like we have to vote on it at the 
at the next meeting. So like, we'll have minutes from like, you know, May, and then we won't vote on approving them until June. So it gives people time to like, think about it and stuff. But when we go for voting, when you use that same mechanic, it's not the same, because like, not everyone was at the meeting, not everyone saw the minutes, not everyone, and then yet you're still being asked to vote. So like, that's the hard part is it's like, how much do we put on the people to be aware? And how much do we put on like our local government to help the people become aware? Exactly. So to answer you guys' question, and Cassie made a great point saying that, I think, so if you got, like, an um, absentee ballot, they sent you, like, this, like, paper that, like, explains the purpose. But from my experience with voting in the past, if you go to in-person voting, they don't give you, like, a, a mock-up, like, what, what's the purpose, like, that, that, like, you just get that line, and you have to be, like, yes or no. Um, but to go a little bit in depth upon like what that statement said. So let me read it again, just so it was like everybody, cause I was so thorough. I was like, what the heck does this mean? And then I went and looked it up and I was like, so again, the question says, shall the proposed amendments to the East Hartford Town Charter that were recommended by the Charter Revision Commission and approved by the Town Council be approved? This doesn't tell you like what the amendment is. It doesn't tell you um, what was recommended. It just says that it was approved by the Town Council. Um, and recommended by the Charter Revision Commission. See, so, I, I wonder. I wonder how much of it is them not wanting to word something like in a biased way. Because here in Boston, um, when we we have like um, referendums and stuff on the ballot, it is it is explained in like layman's terms to the best of their ability to say exactly like this power plant is going to get built here for this amount of money funded by X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, and if it becomes a debate on like how to word it, right. Cause certain words you can use can seem more negative and more positive. Right. You can say this power plant, you know, next to this residential neighborhood, blah, 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 blah. And it, it can make you feel like, Oh, is that going to bother like certain people? Whereas, like, if you left that out, maybe it wouldn't, you know? So it's, like, one of those things where I think it's better. It's, it's, I think it's a good thing because you have to actually read through exactly what they're saying and laying out for you. Um, and I would hope that, uh, you know, both parties would get together and, you know, work out what is actually going to be put on the ballot. So I wonder if with the East Hartford one, they're trying to avoid that and just say, like, we hope people went to the town meetings and, like, uh, looked for themselves on what was going on. Uh, but I think, like you like you were saying, it puts too much uh, faith in people to know, like, what that is at all. I think I think you make definitely a valid point as is concerned about, like, not wanting to be partisan, like, in speech and stuff and, like, how you write it out. But also, I'm going to read you what they put the purpose. Like, this will... With, like, you go on, like, the town website, it gives you, like, you can pull up the example ballot, and then you can pull up kind of, like, what the referendums are about and stuff like that. Um, and I just, like, on there, and it tells you, like, the referendum question, and then under it, it has a purpose. And let me just read the purpose of, like, what is that the question is. And, like, inherently, you should have more information in the question to make an informed decision. So the purpose is the adoption would amend the town charter to provide flexibility and reorganizing town departments, create a position of chief administrative officer, eliminate the minimum voter turnout requirement for referendum in section um, eight eight five, eliminate the personal appeals board, clarify the line of succession in the event of a mayoral vacancy, and make minor 
and technical changes. That's first of all, that's way too much to put in one referendum. Like that's just like it's really like doing a lot. Like I like mean, four different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, given I'm not necessarily the best verse in like town policy, but just like on a bare minimum, like you're trying to do way too much in one question. With the question only states like if you don't have this purpose in front of you, it just says shall the proposed amendments to the town charter that were recommended by the charter vision be approved by the like that that's way too much information, the purpose of that question for us to be voting on that. And I think that's where I kinda get the hang of. And then as I like started to look into like what is the chart like chief administrative officer um, like, I understand what, like, reorganizing town departments generally means. And then like, eliminate minimum voter turnout requirement for referendum in Section 8.5. So I had to go, like, look up Section 8.5 in the town, the town charter and, like, figure out what that means. Like, first of all, there's way too much going on. And also, like, some of the things in there, like, I could be okay with one thing and not necessarily be totally clear or okay on other parts. So I think that also, I think it adds layers to, like, again, accessibility, making sure, like, people have valid ways to understand it. And even thinking about, like, I know Kathy was thinking back to, like, our presentation of the ones the Human Relations Committee did about, like, um, ableism. And, like, just, like, accessibility in that form when you, like, going to the polls, and if you just go into the polls, like, given, like, you know, um, we have, like, absentee ballots, so people with disabilities can do, like, absentee ballots, like, um, at their home and things like that. But still, just, like, at every level, there should be a layer of just basic access but also just, like, access, when you think about people that um, have, like, it's just kind of, like, mind-boggling to me that they, like, wrap all this up into, like, this language that's so kind of vague when you get into just, like, the what they provide as a purpose and you have to go, like, go look it up. Like, you shouldn't have to go look up extra stuff to get the bare minimum of what the question is. It, I think it, it becomes a problem when, the you know, at the local level especially because i feel like at the federal level there's so many eyes on it that people like call out stuff all the time right of like oh that doesn't make any sense like why are we doing this why are we doing that but the local level there's just there's does never there never seems to be enough eyes on things um you know what i mean like it just it always it always feels like the people who are making these questions are in that circle right and and that who are really into local politics and who are actually paying attention and have the time to pay attention. And so they word things like, uh, you know, is, is the thing that we talked about two weeks ago at the town meeting uh, good or not. Right. And with all these assumed things, right. But that they, there's, they're assuming that because they know what they're talking about and they're not assuming the general public to, you know, cause I, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like, they're just assuming that enough of the people that they know will vote on it and say yes, right? Um, and it's just like, I feel like they're assuming that the way the question is worded will go their way, right? If it wasn't going to go that way, then I feel like they would word it another way. I, I'm, I'm assuming in their heads they're thinking, we're going to word this, and because it says that someone is recommending this policy, like the council is recommending it, that the average citizen is going to be like, well, I guess we trust the council, right? Nothing's been going too terrible. So we'll say yes, without having to know really what that means. Um, probably, probably not, not the best way to go about it. Um, but yeah, here we are. 
politics. It is uh, something else. When you're talking, Zach, because it's like the engagement piece is so crucial. Okay, so the only reason why I know a little more about like the town of Windsor, that's where I'm from, great stuff. Um, but like for the town of Windsor specifically too, it's like we would have things like that. But the thing is, it's like people, one, aren't engaged. And like two, they have monthly meetings. Cool. Great. Monthly meetings, Mondays at 7 p.m. The next one's at um, this upcoming Monday on the 7th, if you want to come, every second Monday. And it's great that they have these meetings. And then, Zach, like, like you were saying, the engagement, no one shows up. It's literally, and I feel so bad sometimes when I show up, and I'm like, where is everybody? And then it's like, <laughs> And, like, that's it. Like, an empty room. There's, like, one time I, I was, like, the only person. So they kept looking. I'm like, hi. I was like, this is so sad. So, like, to what extent is it on the responsibility of, like, the citizen to, like, show up? Because sometimes I feel bad when, like, the only time the citizens showed up, really, was because there was, like, there was, um you know, the, the taxation for, for the town and, like, all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, so you only show up when it's something that matters to you. But what about, like, that meeting when they have documents like this and they're like, hey, Hey, I want to word it like I want feedback and then it's just like cricket so it's like I totally see what you're saying Zach but then at the same time I'm like but like where are we where's like where's the people to say hey you know the way that you worded that like I would word it a different way because like my brain doesn't make sense and I've called people out on that before be like hey can you like do this because this doesn't make sense to me and then they'll change it and they're like oh thank you for letting me know like let's collaborate more or like how would you word this but it's like how can we have better forms of communication and get people to care it's like what that like what ugh, like what, what you were saying Zach it's like how do we get people to care because everyone's like oh local talent tanks like it's I don't involved, and it's right. like it's too boring and it takes time for people to go there and people would rather, after working an eight-hour shift, just mm -hmm. go home and watch yeah. TV. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because that's what I feel like doing every day as well. Um, it, it's, it's a deeper problem, and I feel like we always end up, you know, talking about these larger societal issues. But it's like, like people, I mean, the average citizen works so many hours. Um you know, and it's like, yeah. mm -hmm. if people worked like five hour days or something like that, and there was like a half hour meeting at the town hall on Thursdays, and you knew all of your neighbors, and you knew that your neighbors were going, and it was like, we're going to try to make this community better as a whole. And it was nice and everything like that, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, it, and once again, even with all that being said, nowadays, everything's so polarized. People don't even want to engage in the conversation because it's toxic it's, or they think it's toxic, right? Because, you know, you see the federal level and they just hate each other and everything's evil and whatever. Or it's boring, right? So it's like, it's one of these, it's, it's this problem of like the way our society functions is just so like, honestly, like... <laughs> Regular people don't want to have to deal with that. Like it, it's uh, it's deeper than that. I feel like the a lot of the fixes that are um, reasonable and a lot of the fixes that are um, even feasible to do right now are are the simple ones. You know, the yeah, let's add an extra day to vote so people can at least think about it more or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and like we talking just real quick. Oh, I know you go. I want to go, Adrian. 
it's like it's like thinking uh, Zach when you were saying like oh well why are we doing something when we know we could do it better and like are we doing it for like the historical sake like oh but like back in the 1600s in Connecticut when people went through all this stuff and like oh my gosh like why would we change something that's nearly 400 years old even though that was back in colonial times and like but we still have it like you know what I'm saying like like why haven't we changed something to do better like we have technology we have like all these different resources so it's really interesting to see how like certain parts of um, local politics have changed like you know they have a zoom option so like say you don't want to go in person they have a zoom option and i'm like great why did it take till the pandemic to do that but we won't talk about that that's fine but like at least things are changing but then like you know the time it's like mm, is there another time outside of 7 p.m that we could meet or like you were saying Zach, it's like s simple changes but it's also getting the current um, politicians and the current structure to buy into those changes because then you get into kind of this whole age dynamic of you know certain generations feeling like well this is the way we do it versus the way that society as a culture is moving so that's where i feel like that that disconnect is, is there's a disconnect between like the way that like we are naturally progressing through this technological you know era and then some people are just like i'm not going to be a part of it so let's just keep it the same even if it doesn't work but then look at the consequences that, that are like happening that we're living through you guys made so many like valid points that kind of just kind of gave two really good perspectives of I kind of want to go back, but, like, first I want to go to special with Cassie said real quick. Like, I always say this ever since, like, our experience back in 2020 where we were planning that, um, our first event, and, like, bureaucracy is inherently violent in a lot of ways it's inherently racist when you think about, like, what this country was built off of. And to hark things up simply to bureaucracy is problematic because who's had a voice in creating those, those things to be what they were? And, like, to Cassie's point, why have they not changed? And why have we allowed them to exist for these many years without question, as if this is just like, you know, unquestionable, you know. I think like, it, it, sorry to interrupt. I just feel like the only, like when Cassie was saying that people only showed up because there was like something that seriously like offended them, you know, or money related, right? Or, or something bad happens, you know, really is what it comes down to. Like, we have these Zoom options because people were literally, like, scared for their lives, like, to go and meet in person. Um, and now we've gotten something that's useful out of it, right? But it's, like, you know, we, we got we got welfare after, like, wars, you know. We got, like, GI bills after war. Like, it, it's it's really – it sucks. But, like, sometimes it, it, it's, like – it's only it's almost like forced upon us like change gets forced upon us when like things go wrong and people are like oh we just we simply cannot live like this anymore but i think right now people are fine with just struggling along with the status quo um it's broken but it's not broken enough i guess yeah i think you made a good point about like prevention versus like um like being reactive and like the precipitation of trauma like we have like the idea that we have to be resilient through something or have to go through trauma in order for things to get changed instead of like identifying things early on and being able to like make fixes that are like appropriate before things become like like something you've been talking about a lot in the podcast like the mta and like it takes for all these like trains blowing up people not be able to get the stop things like all these like very tangible like 
trucks me by with things to happen for things to get done versus like, oh, this may become a problem. Let's try to prevent so and so and so so that everybody. But also, there's a point to say that like, as citizens, we not may not necessarily recognize when things are prevented because we don't have the, the problem doesn't occur, right? Like, so there's also like that duality to it. And then going back to like what you guys were both saying earlier about just like the question in general, the way it's worded. And then, like, talking about feedback, like, Kathy, you talked about, like, the people don't necessarily come to the meetings. So, like, there's not like, a way for people to have true feedback on the discussion, but also, like, back then, maybe they, they word things in these ways because they think, like, it kind of signals authority, right? Because this person recommended this and was approved by this. So, like, oh, it should be okay. Um, and just a quick thought on that, like, I know for me, if I go into, like, um, to go vote, like, if I read a question and I don't understand it, I'm more likely, likely to vote no than to vote yes. Because I don't necessarily want to vote yes on something that I don't understand. Um, so I think that's just, like, that's just me. I don't know how other people think about it or how, like, what they, they come to practices, but I think it serves everybody, you know, for people to kind of be able to understand. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, my Let's see. Oh. I think we're good. But yeah, that's generally what I wanted to say that. Um, and then going just really quickly, the next two, which I think is a good example of how that one was super vague, and then the other ones are super clear. So, shall the $5 million bond authorization for planning, design, construction, and reconstruction of town roads, town parking lots, and sidewalks be approved? Like, I feel like that's pretty clear, understandable. Like, you want this money to go to this, this, and this? Like, why couldn't you do that with one before it? And then the next one, the next last one is shall the $3 million bond authorization for the replacement of fire suppression uh, rescue equipment be approved? And clear. So it demonstrates to me that they know how to make like clear questions that include all the important information. So like to a certain extent, It makes me suspicious of what is in the, what, what are they recommending, right? If the other two were very clear, it's like, what is in, what is in that other question that you weren't? trying to spell out for everybody. So, on that point, really quickly, um, so the one thing that was in here, I like both of a lot of things that are in this, this referendum, but one thing that this referendum asked for to do was to create a position of a chief administrative officer. And the reason why that kind of put, like, alarm bells off for me was because the only other time I remember, like, them be, there being, like, a chief officer of anything that's appointed by, like, your local um town or city officials was a flint when they had like the emergency managers right and that those are the people that like had the made the budgetary decision to like shut off the water all those all those things right so I was like we look up like what this is and like what effect does this have if we have like a chief administrative officer and not to say that this they necessarily have the same function as emergency managers i just haven't done enough research but generally they have a similar function in that they like have control over like the administrative kind of task of the town and the city that they're going to be operating within and please do your own research on this and go a little bit deeper but like that kind of stuff is too important to put in like a poorly worded referendum question with multiple other things attached to it you know what I mean and I think when you like for example in Split they had the emergency managers they they're the ones that pretty much made the decision to change the water to the Flint River that was right they had multiple emergency managers that were appointed and that, that went throughout they're the people that said that there's because of budgetary decisions it was okay to make this move right and again we have like the governor involved in this and other local 
you know, um, officials involved with that to have some kind of form of okays, okays too. But I think it just speaks to the importance of, like, the importance of needing to understand, like, what all these roles kind of mean. So I feel like, you know, we, we know the governor, we know, like, our state house rep, but, like, at the local level, there's so many more things, and we're not really going to touch on the local level super, super in-depth today. But I think just in general, I think it's important just to, like, urge people to go out and just kind of get an overview of, like, what are the local positions and, like, kind of what do they do? So it's not necessarily something that we are exposed to or taught about in a transparent, real way, um, but it's important because, like, they have, there's different decisions, elected versus not elected and appointed and what that means as far as the decisions they get to make over our lives. Uh, and as we can see in, like, the foot example, like, that ended up being very detrimental, right? But part of that is because, like, this lack of transparency, this lack of accessibility of just understanding, like, what these people do. And I'm sure if people had an idea of, like, what they were voting for, uh, I'm assuming that had it, I think it actually was, the governor had ran to, like, get it amended or something before they were able to have emergency managers um, in Flint. So, like, I think and this is going to be, like, probably the last question for today, but, like, why is it important that we, I guess that's not really a question, but, like, I guess, can you guys speak to your, you grappling with the different layers of local politics, like, how you understand it, how you come to understand it, and, like, the work you still may need to do and just, like, understanding accessibility, like, what these roles function as and do um, in our day-to-day lives, and, like, how, you know, simple slips like that, like, that question at face value, like you guys were saying, it kind of seems like maybe it's harmless, question mark, but, like, as you dig deeper into it and, like, find out, you know, go searching for stuff and find the purpose and find, like, the different terms, and then even from there, having to go search those terms, like, most people are not going to do all those layers of research, like, I'm going to take what you give me and try to figure it out. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, I guess what it, where are you guys out grappling with this kind of stuff? I, and, yeah. I think that um, I'm at the point in my life where I'm doing my own research on everything. I feel like it, you know, <laughs> and that's something that everyone says, right? Like, I feel like if some you hear somebody saying, I'm doing my own research, you're like, oh, no, that's that's not good. <laughs> it's like, I, where, where else am I getting it? Because I, you know, the only other place I feel like I'm getting political advertisement is from the politicians themselves. And I feel like that is like, obviously inherently biased. You see two very polarizing ads, right? And then the other, the other time you get the referendum ads, right? And the referendum ads are always funded by someone who's very pro one direction or the other. So, you know, you're not, you're not getting this nuanced opinion or information that might be unbiased because once again, where you would get that is where Cassie's going, right? Every week uh, at the Windsor town hall, like that's where you're getting the conversation, the nuanced conversation. But in, in, you know, the world we live in today, like, once again, my job is, like, a social media manager, essentially, right, um, for the theater here in Boston. And my job is to literally try and make the most eye-catching things. You can click on our ads, so you can click on our posts so we can get more people in the theater. And we're competing with 
everything online, right? Literally everything. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where unless you're really into politics, which as someone who is a poli-sci major, it's weird. It's weird to like politics. It's weird nowadays to like be really into politicians because they have such a bad rap and have like such a low credibility standard nowadays that it's like people would rather listen to your favorite musician or like look at their favorite movie star or you know and and that's why we're getting to the point in like american society where it's like you know obviously donald trump became president like people are saying the rock could probably run for president and win because people aren't really focused on what their politicians have to say anymore they're focused on the celebrities and people that they think are nice and you know people people that whose opinion they trust more than the average politician because the average politician has lost all credibility nowadays so once again to reiterate and to stop going on that massive tangent that i usually do it's like i am trying to do my own research on the questions trying to look into it trying to spend enough time before i go vote to say i am comfortably aware of what's on the ballot and who's running. And, you know, there's a couple articles that I've read here and there about like what people have done. But even with that, I don't, I sadly don't really feel confident necessarily all the time. Like when I'm, when I'm going to vote um, and I, you know, we've talked about this many times, but I feel like there needs to be just, uh, just a massive overhaul of the system of like how we go about this. There needs to be more, um, we need to prioritize this so much more because it like with like we were, we were talking about like the funding of education like it's one of those building block things where it's like if you f better fund education you're gonna f you're gonna make the future of this country smarter and more like palatable and more willing to have these conversations and so it'll lead to a better society if we fund like getting people out like educated properly non-biasedly on these elections and what's at stake we will in my opinion have a better society in the long run like it's one of those things we should really really be funding it just has you know fallen by the wayside because i don't know like money money runs everything right like it, it, it the, to, to even be considered for an election you need to run you need to have money just to get your name out there it's like a name recognition thing more than anything. Another reason Donald Trump won. His name was already out there. He was a name people knew. Um, and they, you know, they, they latched onto it. Name recognition is always a big thing. The incumbent always has, uh, what is it? The, the odds on favorite, right? The incumbent is always the favorite to win every election because people just know who they are and they know that, well, whatever the situation is now, unless it's like, horrendous right they're like this is fine you know i i'm not looking at the details um and so because i'm not looking at the details i'm just gonna vote for whoever is still in office now um i'm scared of change you know like even if it might be good change um so yeah i'm, I'm gonna stop talking but <laughs> that's what i got that's where i'm at yeah no, and that's great points when you were talking zach about um like politicians nowadays and the trustworthiness and all that kind of stuff it's kind of like the politicians themselves are hesitant because of the people and because of social media it's kind of like there's more value in following kind of the social norm and values instead of doing the right thing 
Because doing the right thing isn't eye-catching on social media. Doing the right thing isn't always like, wow, money-grabbing. So doing the right thing isn't valued as much anymore. And that's where we get to where we are now, is we have politicians who are like, this is the right thing, but this won't make the people happy. So maybe I'll do something that will, you know, cater to what they quote-unquote want or will keep their interest, but that it's not necessarily like, in, in terms of like an eye-catching thing, right? In terms of like this is this is something that will you know lift my profile in the media. This will, you know, like um, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, when when Texas or was it Florida? Florida sent those immigrants to um, where was it? Martha's Vineyard. It's just like that. That kind of stuff is like that'll end up in the news. That'll make, and you know, the news, obviously, because it's a ridiculous thing to do. Um, and, you know, it'll please, like, the very polarized people who are like, yeah, like, we, we have to do something about these immigrants. If the liberals say they can take them, then we're going to bust them over there or whatever. But it's like that, that kind of political stunt is like, it, it, it's, it's not attacking anything on the heart of the issue. It is not... It is just to make a political point for the sake of making a political point and isn't sitting down at the table and trying to like actually figure out how to solve this problem. It's just trying to be flashy for the news. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's like, it shouldn't, like you were saying, Zach, it shouldn't be about like publicity stunts. It should be more about that conversation. And yet, like when people are at the conversations, it's like, do they have the maturity then at that conversation to be like, hey, like, let's talk for real instead of being like, oh, well, there's a camera over there. Let me continue this kind of persona or character when it's like, the, like, like when we're voting for people, we really need to think about like, when I'm voting for you, are you truly representing me? Are you going to talk with me? at the same table and that's what we have like the local level which then feeds to the state level and that's like super important because that's what impacts a lot of the legislation and um, policies that impact us on a daily basis so it's I, I always think like about that maturity level and then I also think that like a lot of it has to do like you were saying before Zach about like publicity it's like I saw some YouTube ads about like the polarizing sides but I didn't really like see anything informative about like you know beliefs outside the polarized views like who are you as a person what do you do in the community like how are you marketing yourself on social media if you're using social media at all i remember there was like this um politician i think from somewhere in the midwest and he did this hilarious tiktok and it went viral and then all of a sudden like everything went up and people were looking into him and and all this stuff and then he wound up having like a fireside chat afterwards saying hey i did that to grab your attention but like here's who i really am and what i believe in and that was so creative and so cool and i'm like why don't we have more of that like because that tiktok was hilarious and he like just dropped it like it was hot and then like ran through a wall or something it was like so cool and creative i was like wow you grabbed my attention then you educated me and i feel a bit better instead of being like oh politics so thinking of things like that about how we can communicate better and and be more genuine and real because there's not enough of that there's so much fakeness and people saying that they'll do this and that and it's just like are you saying this just so that you can get an office so you, this is like more of a self-promotion or are you actually doing this about like because you care about the community and like it, it's really interesting to see how that varies from the local to the state to the federal level because they're all different and i know we'll save that for another conversation but yeah totally agree with you zach 
Yes, yes. Such about yes. Like everything you guys said. And I think um just on that last piece real quick, like what you're touching on as far as um just like the importance of understanding who these people are and like what they're saying. And I think about like a, a like and also like how they present and why they choose to like present this way and like you know attach themselves with certain things i think about the jake paul quote that i think about all the time he said do you do this to facilitate growth or to become famous like what is your purpose of being in this role and like i think via you know as to some extent but also like we need more accessibility to like who these people are as people like what they do to truly see if they're truly about the work or if their goal is really just solely to be a career politician and that's it like do you want to be a career politician or do they want to be like a servant of the people and really be responsive to the needs of like what we have going on and also to like going back to one of zach's earlier points too about like financing campaigns i know for state um politics or like local politics kind of really state politics there's like a campaign finance kind of like thing through the state that they like um a lot certain amount of money this was a whole like application process to go through and from what I understand when I, like, back in 2018 when I was there, it's not necessarily truly enough to, like, make a big push. So, like, if you're going probably, like, federal level, it's definitely probably not enough. But, like, state and local, it may be somewhat accessible, but still, I'm not really sure about that. Um, so there are attempts to make, like, funding at least a little bit more accessible. Still, like, there's a far ways to go um, with that, too, as far as just, like, like, who we can elect. And, again, that just cuts out a whole other group of people that like, yeah. would probably want to run but just don't have like the financial ability I think yeah I think Cassie was uh, like nailed it with that example about like the guy blowing up on TikTok is like you like nowadays everything is like a social media game right everybody like the 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 job I have right at the theater like they only really got like a social media manager maybe like 5 6 years ago like before that, they didn't have any social media presence. Like, cause theaters, you know, it's an old, it's an old thing. Like they did, you know what I mean? Like you got to get with the times if you want to reach more people. Um, and really you just kind of need like, you need a media team. Like you need people who know how to communicate the message that you're trying to get in a way that's attractive to people. Right. And um, that, that is not an easy thing to do. Uh, by any means um, because that that's how you level the playing field right is like everyone has a social media account nowadays um, or at least the general public does um, for the most part and it's like that's how you reach people like people aren't going to town halls because they don't want to because they can do literally anything else from their couch and you know if we want to engage the public we need to modernize our, our system of doing so um, it's you know, because, like, you have the the presidential uh, debates, right? You have those kind of, like, situations where, you know, that's it's the one thing that people seem to latch on to for those, like, federal-level elections. Um, if there was something like that for the state level that, you know, was online that, like, everyone could go to and it would be, you know... Like, they have that. They do have that? They have had, they have um, debates for, like, at least at the state level, they have yeah. the base that are. That'd be I great. Know they're on, but yeah, so that's the part of it. But you know, it's one of those things. Like, if it could be front page on you know every social media platform, if it could be funded by the state, you know, to do that, 
it just is one of those things that I hope will be something that happens in the future when, you know, people uh, who have been there in power and like don't necessarily get social media, like kind of get phased out and like we get like a new generation of people in there who are willing to say like, hey, yeah, like everyone is online, like this conversation should be taken online for the most part, you know, anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also adaptability, too. So that way, like, you get the upcoming generation, like Gen Z, um, millennials, all of us folks and great, which is awesome. But, like, also, like, something that, like, the town of Windsor does is, and I just share this as an example, is that, you know, we have, um, like, events online, which is great. But then there, uh, there's an older population, not singling anyone out, but there's some, some, you know, some boomers and some other people, like the silent generation, and they're not quite as familiar. And that's okay because we take those recorded Zoom links and we put it on WinTV so you can still get it on your local cable and watch and still be up to date with things so it's it's like having that adaptability Zach to be like oh yeah like let's do this online and still be able to bridge the gap across people you know what I'm saying because it's like we can't we can't do like one without the other per, per se you know because it's like we are in a digital online era and we need to like progress forward but how do we make sure that it's accessible like you're saying Adriana so that people no one gets left behind like that policy bush did anyways that was a bad joke um but you know you know we want to make sure we include people and make it accessible not only like in person but online with closed captions for no neurodiverse communities but also like be culturally sensitive as well because like there are some conversations where like i've sat at, in some of those state conversations like where they're debating and like at first like i didn't get it until i got like a poli sci major i'm like now i get it but it shouldn't take a poli sci degree to understand what they're talking about you know so it's, it's that accessibility component as well I think like adding on to that um, it's not just accessibility it's also just about like understanding how the system works um, and like who is the system advantaging right like it took us this long to get the right to vote and why are they trying to like disseminate our rights to vote because of the fact that people who um, are in power and like how the structures were made were not made for the people who want to be part of the system now, right? Like if it was up to, you know, the masses before, we would, no one would be allowed to vote except for white men. And it was revolutionary when Andrew Jackson was like, white men with land. And they're like, wait, white men with land? That means that poor people can vote. And just like all the things that have historically added on to this idea of like our vote is like a weapon and a tool that can change our circumstances, but how um, so many things now, how the political you know campaign trail is so expensive. Um, and I think that also goes into, you know, your state, right? Like we were just talking about like, what's, why don't we know about our state elections and why don't we know about state debates? Well, part of that is just how much money does your state actually allocate for people to be able to have this like debate um, who is able to broadcast the debate, right? Like even in state debate, state debates, most of it is public, like not public, private companies or news, um, like news channels that have an abundance of money and then therefore have an abundance of power in the state legislature who are able to like, you know, broadcast it. And the people who have money and who are broadcasting it most likely are not gonna be um, all about health equity and being equitable for all people, right? And so I think that's also the problem is like the system itself is rigged in a way where the same people are the ones making the policies and the same people are the ones who are favored by that policy. And so I think part of it, while we're thinking about um, 
talking about, you know, being equitable and making sure that our systems are pushed for all people, especially us to digest it. We also think about who's making the content and how people making the content are perpetuating the same violences upon other people, right? Um, and, I, and I think that's part of the, the thing that we were all talking about, you know, when we first made TMBC is like, if we don't have politicians who understand what it's like to be a human navigating your society in your context at this time and are not actually here for you, not just for your votes, but actually to like make your life a better, you know, existence, then it's really hard to like reimagine the society or reimagine like, or, or even wanting to go out and vote. Right, especially if it's the same people who have the same like who change one word and they're like, I said racism, therefore vote for me. It, it makes it really difficult. Definitely. Thank you for that, Eve. Also, the Eve was having connective issues, but we're happy to have you here. Um, also, before just quickly off of that point, um, I thought about the quote that we end all of our podcasts on. Um, I do not believe that the meaning of the Constitution was forever fixed at the Philadelphia Convention. Nor do I find the wisdom, foresight, or sense of justice exhibited by the framers particularly profound. To the contrary, the government they devised was effective from the start, requiring several amendments of civil war and a momentous social transformation to obtain the system of constitutional government and its respect for individual freedoms and human rights we hold as fundamental today. When contemporary Americans cite the Constitution, they evoke a concept that is vastly different from what the framers barely begun to construct two centuries ago. And kind of going off of that's from uh, our former Supreme Court Justice at his bicentennial speech, the great Thurgood Marshall. I remember when I first learned about that quote in my American Gov class in college, which also just speaks to again accessibility, where you get to learn information. Like I like I should have had access to that a long time ago, but it stuck with me forever. And to you guys' point, like it should, it it and to Eve's point, it took all of this time, all of this work a civil war, a bunch of something just to get what we have today, right? Like, this is not what the, the framers invoked all those years ago. This is not what, they didn't, they, they, they didn't want us to, again, to Eve's point, to all have access and be equitably engaged. They didn't want a true democracy, right? Like, they wanted certain people to be able to have access to said democracy and other people were seen as disposable or be unable to exploit them or the list goes on and on, right? And I think it just goes into, again, today, like, when we talk about, like, the discussion that we just had about, like, politics, state politics, local politics, even federal politics that we talked about in our previous event, it's, like, the ways in which the process is made difficult. The ways in which the pro process is made, like, like, um, like, something over there. The ways in which the process is made so that it's not accessible to most people. Or, like, it's not made so people can really like get activated around it in the way in which now like you said talk about polarization and like virality of things like it takes these one hot button issues that people kind of like get you know excitable around and then it kind of diminishes everything else good or bad that the candidate is doing and you kind of focus on this one thing and it just takes into account like we need a moralistic approach going back to what Zach said we need to really like interrogate these systems that we're engaged in and decide if they're still working for us or not and try to find ways. But I think going back to all of this, like, none of this can happen if we don't vote, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, if we want the system to change, I mean, I guess we could be able to, but like, generally speaking, all of this doesn't happen if we don't vote. If we choose not to vote, we don't have voice in any of that, right? Because we don't have voice in people that get there. We don't have voice. Yes, we can go to town, council meetings. Yes, we can go. But like, why 
only engage on the back end, we can engage on the front end and then continue that progress throughout the year, right? Throughout uh, non-election years and election years to stay critically engaged, right? Like, again, voting is a stepping stone. It's your introduction into the back of this. And it's all of our duties to try our best, you know, to be engaged as we possibly can and to engage others around us to the best of our ability. And hopefully with that communal history, the communal the telling and like us trying to do our best to like do the research we can, um, hopefully will lead us to like the right place. And I guess like part of it, we just have to have hope and the ability to reimagine like this is not as good as it gets and like we can do the action to get us there. Um, with that, any kind of like follow up the thoughts before we call it a grab? I know Evie came a little late. If you wanted to like add anything where we talked about prior, about um, just local politics, state politics in general. Um, I personally I gotta go but it's been great talking to you all I uh, appreciate the conversations as always um, and yeah just go vote so I'm, I gotta go right now but appreciate you it's good to see you Eve in the last bit great to see have you a good too. one good night I think um, closing remarks um, as the corporate people make me say now <laughs> um, I think my closing remarks are I it was so funny. Like I made a video. It's on my sadly, it's still on my Instagram story. <laughs> um, uh, my Instagram page about like the importance of voting, and it was during the pandemic. So it was, or maybe it was the year before, the year after the pandemic. Like, well, we're still in the pandemic. It was twenty twenty one. But I, I um, always say that, you know, at the end of the day, you're as as terrible as it is now and I hate doing this, it used to be worse. Like the fact that like we're all on the screen and we're all here together and we're all able to like chat with each other about voting rights is like a really big deal, right? Because we're our ancestors' wildest dreams. Like, you know, like being, you know, black women and like, you know, you know, casting being biracial, like these things are really important because first of all, they want to erase us off the map. Um, they didn't want us to like even be here. Um, and also they wanted to like erase our identities and didn't want us to exist, right? Like even when women were fighting for the right to vote, they really marginalized black women to be like, at least we're not black. Um, and that's really important to understand is like the positionality of like why it's so important to vote, right? Like even if you don't like the president, that's like so far down the line of like what actually matters. Like, if you care about the school board, the school board is a direct election from people, like, in your community that you can vote for, that you can literally knock on their door and tell them what to do to help fix your school board, right? Like, the public health, like, public health systems in jeopardy, but really the public school systems in jeopardy. So that means the enculturation of, of like, our future generations is at risk, right? And those members who really decide how money is allocated what the district is, what the priorities of the district are, who are voting for what to read, what not to read in, in school, they're voted by, they're, they're run by like tens of votes. Like literally 10 votes can decide between this person or this person. Most of the time they run unopposed, yes. right? And so if you have a crappy school district and you have to look at your school board, or if you have the same thing with like hospital and like mayors and like those things really matter. like. I remember my town, there was like this big issue. The reason why we booted out the mayor is because the money to pave roads was not being used, right? We had it like stuck in a box. Um, and our department of like transportation was trash 
people quit. Um, and that was a huge issue in my town. And like, that was decided, literally, I think I looked in the newspaper, it was like 35 votes that was between both candidates, which is wild, right? And I think people get really obsessed and like, fascinated by like the presidential races, because they're four years, like they feel like it's a competition and a race. But like, at the end of the day, what you're really voting for is like how your town or city or district is evolving. And even if health equity is not happening or like I'm racial and really racial and social justice are not happening at a federal level, I always say like, it doesn't matter what the government says, it's what the people do, right? When the government fails, community still perseveres and pushes on, right? But your votes are able to really make it salient for how are we going to fund it, right? Is it going to be another like, you know, uh, is it going to be another cult, like crowdsourcing and crowdfunding um, opportunity? Or is it going to be like we're taking our tax dollars that are already being taken out of our checks and already being paid to, you know, fund our work that we're already doing? And I think that that is not even equally. It's more important because if you're able to see the changes on a small scale level in your town, you're able to be mobilized and motivated to continue this race and this really this marathon of trying to make the system more equitable for everybody in our country and i know it sucks because i feel like we talk about this every election cycle <laughs> and it feels particularly salient when they're just like you know what if you have a uterus no no rights for you <laughs> but the reality is the states are the ones that decide and then sometimes even the towns are the ones that decide when the government does dumb things. That's how our system's built. Mm -hmm. Like the framers of the constitution were like, yeah, so we just escaped the monarchy. So we don't want one person telling us what to do. So we just gonna make the states have rights too. So that's really what happens is like, if the government passes liberal legislation, conservative states are like, yeet, yeet, no. And if the federal government passes conservative legislation, liberal states, i.e. the people, say yeet yeet no so it just depends on what you want to do with your society with your life and with you know your community's lives and i think that you can't afford to be selfish in this moment you need to think about community and you need to think about what is the place where you want to thrive and be and like create that change and mobilize that change for the future so yeah No, definitely. I'm definitely agreeable to that. And just quickly, like on your point about just like um, federal versus state versus local and like how just look at um, the judicial, the Supreme Court the overturning of Roe versus Wade and then how that played out in Connecticut, right? Like Governor Lamont, you know, made protections so that essentially um, abortion will be legal in the state of Connecticut and then you're able to have safe um, legal abortion, right? So like you see the ways in which it plays out and how important, like you said, just like state and local elections really are in the importance of just being engaged. So Kathy, do you have any closing remarks too? Yeah, sure thing. So I, I really appreciate um your insight, Eve. I, when you're talking too about Roe v. Wade, especially for the state of Connecticut, we were like one of three states out of the entire United States that did proactive actions like before, you know, before any of the other states were, were ready. So it's really cool to see like what our state did and how we actually set an example to see like how it's like, wow, like look what 
our representatives did and how the people helped push that forward. So I just wanted to um, make that comment and also just stay involved. I'm going to keep it brief. Like, like if you aren't really aware or you want to get more involved, like stay involved with local politics and with state politicians. Like my state representative knocked on my door and was like, hi, great to see you. Like here's this thing. We had a great conversation. And I was like, wow, this is great. Like, you know, like find opportunities to get to know them, who they are as humans, like what they stand for. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities and, um, I'd say just like be proactive and um, see what you can do to become more aware, whether it's like going downtown, talking with your counselors, you know, joining a commission or a committee in your local town, like stay involved. Because when you're involved and like kind of in it, it's like, oh, like this is what it is. It's kind of cool. Like when you get to know people and, and what they're doing and then you can be a part of the change, whether it's through conversations, through actions, um, you get to be a part of it being like, I don't like how this is. So let's change change it and collaborate together and when you do that on a local level i know that i'm working on it for the town of windsor when you do it on a local level it inspires other towns and other peoples so then as a state we're moving forward collectively together it's the trickle down effect so i just encourage you to stay involved stay informed and always reach out if you're not sure ask ask a friend like do some research go to go to your town hall if you know where it is like go to your town hall see what they have because in person online there's lots of resources so I'll just send there. Definitely. What? Oh, what are you saying? Oh, I did a whoop whoop um, on me. So, <laughs> Awesome. So, like, such valid points were made. And I think um, for my, like, closing thoughts really quickly, like, one thing I know really important is just reaching out to your legislature. Just try, like, Google, for, specifically for the Connecticut General Assembly, Google the Connecticut General Assembly. Um, you're able to, there's a place where you can look up your, um, your better, like the state and house of representatives, um, like your state senator, your house of representatives, state house of representatives, and then you're also your federal, so like your, um, your federal senator and then your house of representatives, right? And you're able to look that up and quickly just kind of get an idea of what they do, what committees are they on, what do they find important to them? Like a quick kind of Google search, you can just go on cga.gov, the Connecticut General Assembly.gov, you can find all that information out. Just kind of like, Take your time. You don't have to do this in one day, but just like, just look it up. See what they're doing. Email them every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like, have start a paper trail, start a conversation. Like, like Kathy said, be involved. Look at things that you're interested in. There's like, like Kathy said, just go on like your town website. You will be surprised, like all the different commissions they have that you can go to. I was like thinking about being a part of um, like our library commission because I was really interested about like banned books and stuff like that. So just like. Try to find ways to be engaged as best as possible. Like we acknowledge it's hard, but we have to like move past like just acknowledging it's hard. Try to find ways in spite of that, even though we shouldn't have to, to try to be engaged as possible and really just try to create change the best way we know how. Um, and again, just engage with people that have power, right? Because they have the power for a reason. It's our it's our duty to hold them accountable in the best ways we can and know how. Um, Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eve, for coming. Thank you for your beautiful insights. Thank you, Zach and Kathy. Thank you, Adriana, for being a great moderator, as always. So, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for everyone who logged on. Um, and I'll be seeing you. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It was great seeing you, too, girl. It was great seeing you. Okay, guys. Well, what's up? We're going to call it a uh, red.
Bye. <laughs> Bye.